Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of that show we call Here We Go, the Steeler Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. With me, as always, is my, the guy who provides me probably my most Steeler joy of the week. I love talking to this guy. His name is, well, you know what? I'm going to let you hear it from him. What is your name, sir? <laughs> Kevin Smith, Brian. This is Kevin Smith. Uh, I feel like I'm you know, like introducing myself, uh, coming on to the air, Kevin Smith. There you go. KT spinning the hits. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) You know, Brian, I'm thinking about, uh, you, you talking about, uh, our show being called here we go. And this is really a here we go moment that we're in right now, because as most people listening know, we are about to start the new league year and head into free agency. And that really means that it all kind of kicks up again. Uh, the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. They've kind of been out of things since since uh, early January. And and there's been kind of a two-month window without a whole lot of Steeler news. But uh, here we go. It's about to all kick off again. So it's a pretty exciting time of the year. Yeah, I am really pumped for free agency because, for me, this helps set up the draft. Because, look, every single mock draft that – Andrew Wilbar is doing, Jeremy Betts is doing, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, any of those guys doing a mock draft. Matt Miller, I know he's he does a whole heck of a lot of them. Anybody doing a mock draft right now? Your mock draft means nothing until after this free agency period, as far as I'm concerned. It's fun 100% to do. True. 100% true. I mean, I look at them every day. I Do, do you ever do that draft simulator, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I've done that before. Um, I, I do. I actually, I actually did. I, I started, I, I didn't finish it. I started to do a mock draft one year for uh, the website uh, to write an article about it. And two things. One, I realized just like what you just, what, what you said, even before, if you do it before free agency, it's worthless because free agency changes so much of the calculus. But I also realized, yeah, everybody's, I don't know anything in terms of the big picture. Uh, and so I don't really have any insight that a hundred other people can't offer because we're all just sort of guessing. We're all making educated guesses. And and what makes one person's 
more interesting than others. I, I don't know. You know, everybody kind of has their favorite and who they might like and, and not like. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody who does mock drafts. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all just guessing. And everybody can, you know, I, I, I hear all the time, draft expert Mel Kuyper. Draft expert Mel Kuyper's record on actually getting things right is probably no better than what you or I could do if we just did a little bit of homework. Um, so, you know, that that's a little bit of an exercise in futility. But the other thing is, if you try to do it accurately, it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard to try to look at all these different needs and variables and potentialities. And, and if you're really striving to be accurate, it is such an inexact science and so hard to get it right. And they like in major league baseball, if you, if you hit 300, if you, if you get a hit three out of 10 times up, you might make the hall of fame. I think in, in drafting, if you get three out of every 10 picks, right. If you land it right, you're a surefire hall of famer. So it's a, it's a pretty tough thing to do. One trade is going to screw that up too. Totally. And I have, I'm a big space time continuum guy. And when I tell you, cause I always say, Hey man, if I would have just, done a little bit better in in high school i would have gone to a better college and yeah but if i would have i would have never had my wife and kids in where i am now on my job and i would not be at btsc or scn which btsc still exists on the editorial side scn still exists now exists here on the podcast side so i wouldn't be here i wouldn't be talking to you if one thing changed and it's really funny because you just change one pick in the first round of any NFL draft. You go back to 1986 and you change one pick in that draft. It might change everybody's records from 1986 on. It might change yeah. everything. The drafting butterfly effect. Yeah. it's Oh, man, I am a butterfly effect guy, too. <laughs> Pretty good right, movie with Ashton Kutcher back in the day. Yeah, scared the crap out of me, but yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie. But so that's how things change. And things are going to change again with free agency because the Steelers go ahead and take a defensive tackle. Not in the draft, but if they end up with a defensive lineman from the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe, or any of the 31 teams, you know, they're going to draft differently if they take if they go ahead and find an inside linebacker then you're not looking at a trenton trenton simpson or a uh a drew sanders you know you're not looking at that guy in the first round and and might not be there by the time you pick again so this is so much bigger right now than anything else and it's so much bigger than the draft now the draft will be bigger but Draft means nothing right now because free agency is going to set that draft up. And you talked about mock drafts, Kevin. I'm going to say, I tell my kids this, I tell anybody this, I tell my brain this, you never trust a fart and you never trust a mock draft. That is, that is some wise advice. Absolutely. I, I know you're going to get off the show. Children are going to repeat that to their children, Brian. <laughs> I know you're going to get off the show and you're going to say that to your kids. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> my dad's advice to me was uh, the day he dropped me off for college. I'll never forget this. My dad was not one of those sort of sage advice givers, but when he told me this, I, I remembered it, and uh, and I'm proud to say I, I think I've adhered to this for most of my life. 
he kind of grabbed me by the shoulders and he said, work hard and play hard and do it in that order. And I really tried to adhere to that in my life. And I think it served me well. But I like your advice, too. That's also very sound. Well, your your father must be a better better advice giver than me because I'm talking about farts and he's talking about life. <laughs> well, you know, there's a metaphor there somewhere. So maybe I'm a bad parent. I thought I was good, but <laughs> let's move on. Let's be good Steeler hosts. And let's talk about this because this is something I'm really excited about, Kevin. Yeah. And it's simple. Sorry, go ahead. Go you want to go ahead for it? Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, so when you, when, when you enter free agency, there's sort of this sort of taking stock of the franchise moment. What do we need? Where are we? What do we have to address? And obviously it starts with your own free agents. And you look down the, the list of who the Steelers have entering unrestricted free agency. And there are some big names that they're going to have to make decisions on. And everybody's got their wish list of who they hope the Steelers can bring back and then who they're going to need to replace in free agency. The one area where they don't have any concerns uh, and what makes this conversation so different from a year ago is the quarterback position. You look at the fact that Kenny Pickett seems to have shown enough over the last half of the 2022 season to have the Steelers feeling confident that he's their franchise guy going forward. We've heard as much from the Steelers brass over the last few weeks. We, you know, we, we're set with our quarterback. We, we know who we have going forward, and we're going to build the offense around Kenny Pickett. And so as you enter free agency, you feel good about the Steelers' quarterback situation. But then you look at the rest of the division, and it gets really interesting. And as a Steelers fan, you might even feel better. So that's something that we're going to talk about here in, over the next few minutes is where do the Steelers stand entering free agency at the quarterback position in comparison to the rest of the AFC North? Yeah, that is that is the question of the day, because let's go ahead and look at the AFC North. You know, a year ago, you looked at it. I mean, my gosh, in December, you looked at it and you can say at quarterback. Well, it's some people thought that it could be Lamar Jackson, number one in the Baltimore Ravens. But realistically, he was hurt. So it was Joe Burrow, without a doubt. The quarterback situation was still good enough with Tyler Huntley and and the thought that Lamar would be back for the postseason, which he never came back. We don't know. Gosh, they could have gone to the Super Bowl and Lamar might have never come back. You don't know. Now, the thing is, is Lamar ever coming back? And that that seems to be my gosh. They I live in Maryland, Kevin. They are up in arms there. And we're going to talk about that more. Then you look at Cleveland, the land. And I know it was only four or five games, but when he came on in December, in December, Deshaun Watson was never anything special. It could have been rust, but come on. He still practiced. I mean, there were, there were so many things that he could have done better, and he was not the savior of that team. And now he's talking about giving some money back and reworking his contract. So it's really going to be interesting now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were probably in December in last place in the quarterback position, are now possibly number one with right. everything that, going on. Yeah, and that's shocking when you say it like that. And, and I think people who hear what you just said will immediately say to themselves, well, come on, man. Kenny Pickett's not better than Joe Burrow. And, and no, he's not. He's not a better quarterback right now than Joe Burrow is. 
And I don't think, I don't think there's any way you could argue that he is, but Kenny Pickett also is on a rookie deal. Uh, he signed a four year, $14 million contract where the Steelers are going to be paying him pennies uh, compared to what other teams are paying their quarterbacks, especially in the division. And Joe Burrow uh, is only a year away from having to be extended for his fifth year option at which point he'll then enter into the extension world. And I was reading recently where they had a, you know, one of these sort of study salary cap gurus, the guy who studies the cap, uh, projecting what that might look like. And you're potentially talking about a, a 450 or so million dollar contract for Joe Burrow. And, and that immediately hamstrings Cincinnati and, and makes it, difficult for them to address other issues on their roster so when you when you think about it Cincinnati as good as they are right now I mean they're in their Super Bowl window for sure uh, but they're they're also on the verge of having to make some really hard decisions on the rest of the roster and you know we saw in Pittsburgh you know how that if, if your roster gets oh, a little bit old and you got to trim the fat to accommodate this massive quarterback salary how you can weaken yourself elsewhere and so and from that perspective, the Steelers are sitting really pretty with the picket situation. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit more about the Joe Burrow situation because when you look at it, and you're absolutely correct. Now, when I said they're possibly number one, we're looking ahead. We're not just talking 2023. We're looking at the situation, and they're the only one of those teams with a really young guy. And when you're looking at what he's going into year number four. And then when that contract hits, man, they're going to take a hit. Like you said, everywhere else, but there's another situation at hand. Joe Mixon is in trouble. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's in a lot of trouble and they might cut ties with them. I don't know if they're going to, but that's a possibility. You don't just replace that production. Now you've got, a uh, a, dom a former domestic partner of Jamar Chase coming out and saying, hey, I might drop the bomb on you, and if I drop this video, you're done. Start paying your child support or you're done. If that comes out, what happens if this guy gets suspended? What happens if it's Ray Rice stuff, Kevin? Yeah. My gosh, you're... They can they can Cincinnati bangle themselves out of this window. Right, right. It it is hard sometimes for whatever reason, for whether it's individuals or in this instance sports franchises to sort of shed an identity and create something brand new. It's hard. The the, the I'll never forget from the movie Magnolia, one of my favorite movies uh, of all time, which I don't think is a, a movie a whole lot of people know, but a really, really intriguing movie. Well, uh, let me let me jump in here real quick because yeah. the man that uh, put that all together was a man named Paul Thomas Anderson. Yep, absolutely. and that's a really good movie. And I am a huge, a huge Boogie Nights fan. Yeah, yeah and when Magnolia came out, I was like, you know, this is good. Yeah, such an intriguing movie that you have to like really think about it and what's going on and the characters and all. But you'll you'll remember uh, the the saying that they flash on the screen at the beginning and then again at the end. You may be through with the past, but the past is not through with you. And and sometimes when you think about a franchise like Cincinnati, they 
you, you just think, can they overcome? Here they are in this window. They got a dynamic young quarterback who seems to be a good guy, and they got a head coach who seems to have brought some order to a franchise that was perennial, perennially in disorder. Uh, but, you know, are they able to stave that off? Are they having a moment in Cincinnati, or are they turning a page and creating a new reality? And we don't know the answer to that yet. Um, but some of the reports that have come out recently seem to, you know, sort of take you back to, to old Cincinnati. So it'd be very, very interesting to see if the Bengals can kind of hold on to what they're doing and build on it, or if it's again, just something that's temporary and then they slide back into the, you know, that former identity of theirs. That's it. And that's exactly what can happen. And I am interested to see it. Hey, we've got so much to talk about here, Kevin. We've got to talk about the rest of the division, and we are going to, but we are going to go ahead and take a break. We will be back right after this on SCN. It's Here We Go, the Steelers show. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. With me, as always, is my good friend. He doesn't know it, but I'm building a time machine just so I could go back in time to sign his yearbook and say best friends forever. Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah, we would have done some damage together in college, Brian. You and I. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you were an athlete in college. I was not. I was the radio guy. But I hung out with a bunch. Of, I I hung out with everybody, but a lot of a lot of the guys I hung out with kind of mirror who you are, and <laughs> and yeah, we would have been in trouble. There there would have been. Uh, we had five cent wing nights back then, and they didn't card either. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yes, life was good for sure. Yeah, but you probably did. You look like thirty when you were in college, like nineteen. Mm, I don't think so but i you can i can never evaluate myself you know i think I, everybody's such a harsh judge of themselves or has a skewed perspective of themselves i i don't really i don't really know you know i mean i was playing college football so you had you know you're in the weight room and you're doing all that stuff you looked a little you know more mature in that sense but uh i just i just thought like when i look back at college pictures of me and all my friends i just think we look like idiots you know <laughs> you just look at us and we just look like we're in the middle of like some sort of stupidity or another so i need a uh, high school or a uh a college picture of kevin smith hmm. i've never seen you with hair so i want to see uh, a young kevin smith oh yeah well you know cheesy mullet ish oh decent, i've got an 80s mustache you know he got the whole thing going. oh i didn't have the mustache but i had the mullet going and i it was flowing oh <laughs> boy i'd love to bring that back yeah i was I was that guy. I was in a fraternity too, you know, and, but uh, we, we all, we hung out with different people and it was great. We, we had all kinds of different, we, I had a, a wide range of friends and it was just an absolute blast. So what is a blast is hanging out with you every week and talking about this. And what's also a blast is the fact that the Baltimore Ravens, just like the Cincinnati Bengals kind of seem like they're in disarray right now. Let's talk about the purple and black. Yeah. So the, the news broke this past week that um, 
that they had that they had placed like the restricted uh, franchise tag on on Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson, which uh, means that he's got the ability to negotiate with other teams, and the Ravens can choose to match that or not. Uh, and some interesting news broke that right out of the gate, about five or so teams who seem to be quarterback needy pretty much said, you know, now nah, we're good. You know, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll pass on Lamar. And, and that kicked up a controversy, a lot of stuff on Twitter and social media about why you know, this guy's an, an MVP. You know, this is, this is, this guy's been really, really successful uh, in his, in his young career so far. Why are all these teams passing on him? And there's a lot of speculation as to why. I mean, my, my personal theory is, Lamar Jackson, if you if you take him on, if he becomes your franchise quarterback, you have to build your offense around him in a way that is pretty specific uh, to his skill set. He is not at this point in his career. He's not an accomplished downfield passer. Uh, he's he's a guy who ran uh, a system in Baltimore that not too many uh, teams run. I mean, it it's a real read option system and a quarterback run heavy system and. And it relies often on big personnel. And the question as to whether or not Jackson can do it in another system hasn't been answered. I'm not saying he can't. I mean, at Louisville, he was running a spread system where there were 10 personnel and never used the tight end. And then he got to Baltimore and it was like 20, you know, 12, 21, 22 personnel, big guys on the field running the heck out of the football in like a power counter gap scheme. Um, so, I mean, he could do it. Yeah, but I I'm I think that some of these teams who might need a quarterback look at him and say it's a gamble because we don't know if he can succeed in a in a new system or we don't know if we want to change our whole offense around to accommodate his best skill set and at the price tag when you're talking about contracts into the hundreds of millions I don't think teams want to make that risk and so now does Jackson go back to Baltimore I mean. He seemed to indicate the other day that he he considers sitting out the season, you know, rather than sort of play on Baltimore's terms, he might sit out the season. And so that sets up just a huge showdown between the franchise and their quarterback. Well, here's the thing. It's not like they're Cincinnati. They are a very smart organization. I don't think Cincinnati is a very smart organization. I think they drafted into this situation. And when you pick number one a lot, you're going to get there. And when you pick guys like Joe Burrow, free agents are going to follow. So they, they're in that situation. The Ravens are typically really smart. And I kind of look at it this way. He says he might sit out. They've already hinted that if they have to, they will take less than market value for the man. And if that's what they have to do, they're going to do it because I hear all these players coming out and saying it well you know this is wrong you're disrespecting no you've got an organization that you cannot hamstring they learned their lesson with joe flacco and they're lucky they didn't get killed with joe flacco they didn't win another ring they won one with joe flacco but as soon as he won that ring they gave him the money they haven't been back and so when you look at that entire thing and you look at the baltimore ravens I'm praying that they keep the guy because he doesn't play in late November and December. Right. And that's the thing. If you're looking at him and teams saying they're out on him, yeah, he would be a luxury. If there was no salary cap, anybody would pick him up. 
You could. And you could take that risk. And you would be fine. But there's a salary cap. And you cannot kill your franchise by paying one guy that you do not know is going to be, if he's going to be there all year long. And right now he has not shown it, especially the last two years. And he's young. You're not going to get healthier. I'm not trying to pigeonhole the position or pigeonhole the style of quarterback, but we've seen it with a lot of running quarterbacks. They get knocked around so much more. And you go back to the fact that running backs have a very short shelf life. Why wouldn't running quarterbacks have a very short shelf life? You cannot protect them when they're in the open field. Bar none. For me, end of discussion. Yeah, those are interesting points that you bring up. Uh, there's a there's a case to be made that the Ravens have are, have won multiple Super Bowls with the two worst quarterbacks of any team to win multiple Super Bowls. They've they've won with with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. And if you look at all the other franchises that have won more than one Super Bowl, and you think about the quarterbacks with which they won those Super Bowls, all of those quarterbacks collectively were better than the combination of Dilfer and Flacco, which tells you that Baltimore doesn't need an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl. They've they've created essentially a blueprint whereby, you know, they're smart. Like you said, they draft well. They're always good up front. They're a pretty disciplined organization, and they keep themselves in the mix, uh, even if they don't have elite quarterbacks. So, I mean, there may be some thinking in Baltimore that with a new offensive coordinator, uh, they could potentially part ways with Lamar Jackson and and bring in a guy who maybe not may not be an elite passer, but who may run the system well. And they turn it over uh, and let the culture and the front office essentially build them back up into a, a Super Bowl contender. So I'm I'm kind of with you, man. Let him pay Jackson the money. Let him continue to kind of you know put him in harm's way with his style of play. Uh, and, and, you know, jeopardize maybe their playoff hopes with the fact that Jackson might not be available. So yes, very interesting the way that that scenario is going to unfold. So, you know, we've talked about Cincinnati, right? Great quarterback, but situation potentially not ideal. Baltimore, uh, you know, very good quarterback there, but obviously the situation is in some, some turmoil and then you go to Cleveland. So what, what do you make of the Cleveland situation, Brian? Okay, that situation with Deshaun Watson there, it might not be as bad as you think because Deshaun Watson's going to give back some money. He already said that he is he's willing to re- renegotiate. But the problem with all of that is it's Cleveland. And they don't have the receivers for him. They do have a good they do have a good blocking scheme. They do have very good offensive linemen. Their defense is not horrible. It's, it's actually pretty good. It's a pretty good defense. But the problem is you're, like I said earlier with running backs, your running backs, when they get to this age, when they get to year five, and Nick Chubb is there. Nick Chubb's going into year six, if I'm not mistaken, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, he's going into year six, as I count on my fingers, and I apologize for that. Hmm. But... Nick Chubb's getting to the point where I don't see him 
playing in the year nine. And they're going to give him a deal soon. And when he gets that deal, everybody's going to be like, oh, gosh, I, you know, he lost it because running backs lose it overnight, Kevin. Is that true? hundred percent. We've seen it over and over again. You know, we in Pittsburgh, we saw it with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, um, and and while Watson may be open to, re- to renegotiating that contract, let's be honest, he's not giving back a ton of money. He His cap hit, this is astounding, his cap hit for 2023 is $55 million for one player. Right, he he's going to gobble up uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of of you know a fifth to a quarter of Cleveland's total cap, um, and so okay, he might give some of that money back, but how much is he going to give back? Ten? You give back ten? I mean, if he gives back ten million dollars, he's still carrying a forty-five million dollar cap hit. If he gives back thirty million dollars, uh, you know, my head will spin around because there's no way he's going to do something like that. And and so, however you slice it, slice it, they're they're in for four more years on a fully guaranteed, really bad contract. And like you said, that that's going to cause them, like it's going to like what's going to happen with Cincinnati in a couple of years, to have to make some really tough decisions. And Cleveland is another franchise that, like Cincinnati, we're speculating on Cincinnati, but we've seen with the Browns that they get in their own way far more often than they don't occasionally they have a moment, right? Like they did two years ago when they, you know, beat the Steelers in the playoffs and had a good run, scared Kansas City. And everybody talked about, oh, you know, the Browns have arrived and, you know, they backslid the past two years. And now they got a whole bunch of considerations uh, with with the Watson contract, et cetera. So, I mean, how how good the situation is Cleveland right now? I, I, I would argue that they're potentially – of the four teams in the division, the one whose fortunes are the the most bleak. So if you had to go ahead and rank the quarterback situation from four to one and rank very early, way too early, four to one, the division winners and the standings, how would you do it? Well, let me, I'll start with the quarterback question. Uh, I, I, for right now, unquestionably, Joe Burrow is the best situation. He's the best quarterback in the division. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. And for the 2023 year, he's still very affordable for, for Cincinnati. So they're, you know, the bridge they're going to have to cross is still a little bit down the road. And I think it'd be foolish to argue that, you know, there's a better situation in the division. But I, I think unquestionably, the next best situation is Pittsburgh's. Because on the field, you know, how far behind those other two guys, Watson and Jackson, at least from what we saw in 2022, is Kenny Pickett? I don't think he's that far behind. You're going to have – naturally, you should project some growth for him. He gets to come back in the same system with offensive line continuity, coordinator continuity, his chief targets back um, – his run game back. I mean, there's an awful lot to like about the offensive situation Kenny Pickett's going to inherit. And then, of course, he's going to get better. I mean, one report uh, that came out on Twitter today was from his quarterback trainer, Tony Rassiopi, who said that he's already put on 10 pounds of muscle from last year because his goal is to get bigger and stronger so he can be physically more more healthy and, and not have to 
you know, be able to endure some of the hits that he takes. So with growth, you could probably, you could argue that Pickett is, is going to be uh, in the same equation as a player as those other two guys at obviously a way more affordable rate and with way less turmoil and drama. So to me, he's the next best situation. Um, and then, you know, third is, is probably a toss up because we just don't know what's going to happen in Baltimore. I give Baltimore more credit for their culture and their ability to, you know, overcome maybe not having a great quarterback situation because of all the other good things that they can do. Whereas Cleveland doesn't really have that luxury. So, you know, with or without Lamar Jackson, I'd probably put Baltimore third and Cleveland fourth. I kind of can agree with that. Now let's look at the standings in 2023. Are you looking at the same kind of stuff? I, I think so. I mean, if I had to put money right now on the order of finish, that's the order I'd pick. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland. I think that the Steelers are a team with a lot of youth and a lot of continuity and enough flexibility in free agency to plug some of the holes that they need to plug and probably be able to sign the the core guys that they really need to keep. I don't think there's going to be a significant loss, really. I mean, if you if you think ahead to free agency, of the of all the unrestricted free agents out there on the Steelers, Brian. Do you see any of those guys, any anybody on on that list as being unreplaceable? No. No, me neither, right? I mean, maybe Cam Sutton becomes the biggest loss. Or maybe one of the, you know, I'd hate to see him lose both of the safeties. That would be a big blow. Edmonds and Kazim. But but it looks, you know, it looks like they might even be able to bring them both back. But even if they lost Cam Sutton, I think that they could replace him with you know, a mid-level free agent, and then they would target somebody high in the draft and they'd be able to move on. You know, one of the things that I, I wrote a piece this week uh, for the website that that breaks down the Steelers' coverages. The first the first piece came out on Tuesday and the, and the second one's running today on Friday. And and one thing that I, I looked at was how, how well the Steelers disguise their coverages and then how versatile they are now that they have this this tremendous safety room with Fitzpatrick and Edmonds and Kazee and all of the wonderful things that that allows them to do in terms of coverage disguise. And one thing you realize is their ability to disguise their coverages and their ability to mix and match and really play such a variety of different looks on the back end alleviates their need for like a true lockdown number one corner because they don't play that kind of defense. They don't play the kind of defense where they say, hey, we're going to put so much on the shoulders of our of our top guy and we're going to let him roam the field and follow the other team's top guy etc the Steelers do it a different way they do it more collectively and they do it with scheme disguise and variance and so so yeah even if they lost Cam Sutton I would feel pretty good that they'd be able to replace him either by committee by scheme however all right I I think we're there and I I love those answers so as we plan on moving on with the week and getting on out of here, we got to do dude of the week. And my gosh, I'm racking my brain. Do you have anybody? Well, it is the off season, and and you know we're not really into into the uh, um, you know free agency period yet. I'm sure next week at this time there there's going to be when, when we do our show next week there'll be a new Steeler. You know, almost certainly, right? Because the Steelers on the free agency period technically starts on Wednesday, and and a departed Steeler. Yeah, and the departed Steeler for sure, right? So, I mean, we'll have lots of guys 
for next week. But um, I'm thinking since we're talking quarterbacks and we're singing the praises of Kenny Pickett, man, maybe it's Kenny. All right. I'm good with that. I am definitely you know, good with that. I, we've, I don't we've been we, down the Kenny Pickett road before, but, uh, but I love just, you know, I love all, everything that I'm seeing from him. This off season has been wonderful from him getting, you know, getting together with his guys down in Florida, you know, here again, we're talking about the division, right? I mean, Jackson's feuding with the Ravens Watson's talking about having to restructure his contract because, you know, admittedly the Browns signed him to a bad one. Uh, you know, Burrow's not the issue in Cincinnati, but there's a lot of other ter- turmoil surrounding the Bengals right now. And meanwhile, Pickett's down in Florida, you know, with his best receivers and with Mitch Trubisky, you know, who's who's uh, you know being a wonderful second fiddle guy right now. Uh, and they're working on their game. So, man, it's business as usual for the Steelers trying to get better, and and all those other franchises in the division seem to be in some turmoil right now. All right, I'm going to shock you with I. I'm saying that is the official dude of the week, but I'm going to shock you with who I think. Here you go. The senior, Joey Porter. Joey Porter Sr. And here's why. Everybody might be groaning when I say this, but who has had more of a high-profile week that has not been in shorts and running? It's been Joey Porter. He has been fun to watch at the Combine. He is fielding a bunch of interviews. He's he's the guy that I find if you listen to Jim Wexel's podcast, and I did not know this, that Joe, it's Joey Sr. that's outspoken, and Joey Jr. is one of those guys that uh he just lets his da- dad do the talking. And and he's just like a quiet, nice, he goes, Yeah, I'm not my dad. I'm not he's not that wild guy, but he plays like it on the field, which is fantastic. But man. If you can't get a kick out of watching Joey Porter in the combine, then you don't have, you just don't have that sense of humor. Yeah. And I love the quote that, uh, that he gave Joey Porter Jr. gave in one of his interviews where he said, all my life, my father's been telling me that he just wants me to be better than he was. And I I think that's a very, uh, and that's awesome. Yeah. Very humbling thing to hear from your father. He's not Richard Williams. And people are already painting him as a Richard Williams at the combine. No, he's a supportive dad. Yeah, he really is. So they, this has been a whole lot of fun to watch. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give the silver medal of dude of the week to Joey Porter. <laughs> I'm sure Joey will take it. I'm sure he will. So, man, you ready to get on out of here? Yes, sir. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what's next. I'm excited. You know, who knows? We're going to have. A lot to talk about. This the the makeup of the franchise is going to be a little bit different the next time you and I get together. Absolutely, and I cannot wait to talk about it. And there's nobody better to talk about it with than you, Kevin Smith. But make sure you check out all the other great shows. There was a nice what Ian's talking about yesterday. When I say nice, it was like very good. Always a great listen. And don't forget to check out Kyle Kreiss on Sunday nights with the new Q and A, and he has a. Uh, I'm up at Mike Tomlin with him, and it's actually very humorous. Uh, with that being said, don't forget Let's Ride was this morning. There's a State of the Steelers coming out, another episode of The Homies as well, and Dave Schofield and I will do The Week That Was. But for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis, and we remind you, as always, to keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Mm-hmm.